guest. And we have uh, a couple of guests on the line with us from uh, Veterans Northeast Outreach Center in Haverhill. We have Scott Forbes, who is the uh, interim director, and Chris Rossi, who's the uh, human rela- human resources director. And uh, and we'll start with Scott. Uh, Scott, I want to thank you for joining us today right here on WHAV. Thank you very much, and good morning. Well, it's good. Good morning, and uh, again, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, I, I don't know um, how much that, uh, that that you know about this event that's going to be uh, coming up, taking place. But you, there's uh, going to be a, a blood drive that uh, Veterans Northeast is uh, going to be uh, helping sponsor coming up on Sunday over at the um, over at the um, Cedardale and. Uh, Time to uh, to give blood. You know, there's always a need for blood, isn't there? That's correct. Uh, we actually did have a blood drive uh, in Haverhill, I believe at the American Legion, uh, last week on Wednesday. And then we had a series of three others. We partnered up with the American Red Cross uh, at locations at Manchester-by-the-Sea, Danvers, and we're going to end this Sunday uh, back in Haverhill. So uh, I, I know that everything's different, and you can't really just walk in anymore, but you know, due to technology, you can register online and, and be in those specific windows. So if anybody is out there to donate, uh, there is a critical need, and, and uh, I know that both VNOC and uh, the American Red Cross uh, partnered up, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a good collaborative partnership. Oh, by all means. Now, um, uh, Veterans Northeast Outreach Center always, uh, always in the uh, in the news, uh, taking care of veterans. And and uh, why don't you give me an update as far as uh, some of the programs that are going on now for you? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, we we run. Uh, there's at least eight grant programs that we have. I can think of off the top of my head that are run through federal and state uh, partnerships with the Department of Veteran Services and the Department of Veteran Affairs. Uh, basically, if there's a veteran that comes in, if you need shelter, if, if you're looking to have access to benefits, if you're looking to apply for a service connection, uh, all you have to do is walk into our service center. We can identify your critical need and, and basically facilitate that to uh, a specific program where you could sit down, not with just a case manager, but with a team of people. Uh, you know, we're, we're almost 50-something strong here uh, in terms of personnel. So when you walk in here, you have the support of everybody here in the organization as we try to do everything we can for the men and women that have worn the uniform to put them in a better position and on a pathway to success. Oh, that's a, a fantastic thing, and and we have a story that's in the news today about four one one cares, and uh, they just uh, recently passed a milestone where they have uh, distributed now thirteen thousand meals to needy residents and and veterans, and and of course the, they work with your group. Yeah, I mean we've been trying to do our part. I mean COVID has has impacted everybody, uh, you know, from our organization and how we do things in terms of trying to meet people face to face. It's gone to more of a virtual platform, uh, but you know, their food insecurity is 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 definitely a reality here in the Merrimack Valley and throughout the Commonwealth. Uh, I know that we, you know, our partnership with with Mass Military, uh, we were able to set up multiple pop-up sites during the month uh, during the uh, 2020 calendar year. Uh, we were able to hand out about a thousand or 1,200 boxes of non-perishable items, and then in our Amesbury uh, location, through a partnership with CNA Stores, uh, they were handing out a thousand boxes of perishable items, which was proteins and dairy, and those are the things that are hard to find. Uh, from October through the end of the year, it was a 1,000 boxes a week. 
So there definitely is a need out there, and we were happy and proud to do our part to try to see if we could reach those that could not or find those people that could not technically find us. So the outreach effort was successful, and we're going to try to continue to push forward even here at our 10 Reed Street location. You know, we do a food pantry here on site on a weekly basis, and we had 100 people walk through our doors this week alone. So any, anything that anybody can do in the community if they want to help or if they want to figure out how they could either donate or uh, be involved in something that you could be passionate about, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, you can always, always uh, a need for volunteers. Uh, Scott, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of, of your background and how you, uh, how you ended up in Haverhill. Oh, sure. Well, I, I started here two years ago, uh, last week, January 7th. Um, I started out as a case manager at our transition in place program, which basically uh, you can you you we we take veterans in and they're basically in their apartment um, over the next six months. They can work towards assuming the lease, and during that time, uh, you know, VNOC pays for the rent, the utilities, and any other supportive services that come their way. So I started out there. Uh, we were in a brick and mortar location in Methuen on Ashton Place. Uh, later on that year, I made my way over to Haverhill, which is the main campus at 10 Reed Street, um, and basically elevated to a position of program manager, program director. Uh, in March, or it actually in July of this year, I uh, assumed the role of uh, chief operating officer for the organization. And there was going to be a natural transition of power with Chief Mitchell, who was our executive director. I think COVID kind of sped everything up. Um, but he ended up uh, he ended up voluntarily stepping down from the position uh, at the end of the year, and as of January one, I became the interim executive director for VNOC. Well, how about that? Now, uh, do you uh, military experience on your end? Oh yes, uh, I'm 22 years uh, retired, um, Afghanistan and, and Iraq vet, and also spent a year over in uh, over in Kuwait in the early 2000s. Um, you know, very, very proud of my service. I come from a military family. My sister was active duty eight years. She deployed to Afghanistan. My dad uh, was a Vietnam veteran. Um, and then my, my grandfather served in World War II on the USS Boston. Oh, how about that? Yeah, my father was, uh, he was in the Navy. He was the USS Arkansas, worked down in the, the boiler room. <laughs> so that, that must have been very hot duty down there. <laughs> in the trenches. <laughs> very much in the trenches. Oh, yeah. Well, Scott, that's that's a very uh, that, that's a lot of uh, background military background for you. Yeah, and and you know, five years ago, I mean, I I kind of lost my way uh, in terms of being able to you know figure some things out, and and I came to VNOC for supportive services, and and they helped me uh, be able to get myself back on the right path. And so, as and that was back in 2016. And I, I always said that if there was ever an opportunity, I'd be able to come back and work for the place that helped me. I mean, I know I know exactly what it feels like to walk through the doors and say that you know I I can't do it by myself. I need help and I need some support. And I'm fortunate enough to work with some of those people still today that helped me uh, back in 2016. So every day I walk through these doors, it's definitely a blessing. It's something I don't take for granted. And every day is an opportunity that we can do something for somebody. And and it's it's an opportunity we'll never ever pass up. Yeah, no, that's that's got to be a um, uh, I don't uh, I'm not sure of the uh, the right phrase. I, I was thinking a, a scary move, uh, moment, but uh, that's got to be a very heartfelt moment when you realize that you can't do it on your own. No, you, you can't. And it 
just the fact to say that you need help is really the first step. There's a lot of people out there that don't think that, you know, some of our programs may not apply to them. There could be a pride factor or they just may not know. Um, but that's what we're really what we're here for. We try to position ourselves to be that one-stop shop, you know, and, and just to have that easy conversation to try to identify what their critical need is. You know, do you have access to the care that you're entitled to? Do you know that you could apply for these benefits? And not only can you, we can help you do that. Do you need shelter? Do you need food? Uh, do you need to look for a job? Or maybe, you know, instead of finding a job that you feel like you have to go to, how about looking for a job that you're passionate about? You know, you have a skill set that you learned in the service. Let's try to see if there's local veteran-friendly employers out there that would be able to utilize those skills that you, that you acquired in the service. So all of these things, you know, that, that, that's what we try to do here with our case managers. You know, everybody, you can't treat everybody the same. It's not a boilerplate, you know, checklist. So we try to sit here and have that one-on-one, try to, you know, uh, find out what your strengths are and build on those, and then maybe look for areas of improvement that we can, that we can focus on short, mid, and long term. All right. So also with you uh, today is Chris Rossi, and, uh, and Chris does the, uh, the human resources, right? That's correct. All right. So, uh, Chris, why don't you why don't you tell us how how that works? Uh, and uh, so you're you're looking for uh, for folks that want to work with VNOC? Um Yeah, I mean that's certainly certainly part of it. Uh, my role is to manage our staff internally, also um, from our uh, healthcare benefits that we offer, different policies and procedures, um, employment law. Uh, and then more of like the strategic workforce planning for where are we going, where do we want to be um, in six months, 12 months uh, from now as far as the size of our organization, how are we going to get there. Um, and then, of course, you know, we're a nonprofit, so we we all wear um, several, several different hats uh, as part of our daily responsibilities, but um, HR is my primary. And I, I understand the nonprofit side. WHAV is a nonprofit too. Hey, uh, tell us about the the next six months. What are you looking for? Well, I think the the main priority right now is focusing on the short term and how we can help um, the veterans that are in our community. How we can continue um, to support them and the ways that. If they uh, come through us before, what they have come to expect of us, and then also finding new ways to maybe find those that have slipped through the cracks because of the COVID and not having that normal face-to-face interaction. Um, I know one of our big uh, priorities was uh, making sure that we always had someone at the front desk, for example. So that when we had those day-to-day conversations with our veterans that were physically coming into the center, um, we would be more able to maybe identify someone in distress or um, maybe kind of see an issue and help resolve it before it actually becomes an issue. Um, So I think, you know, just finding new and inventive ways to get out in the community um, with being limited in our and our means to do so um, because of the pandemic. Yeah, I guess you know having somebody at the front desk that's uh, I guess considered old school right now, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> yes, that is the old normal. Um, and you know we certainly need to uh, 
think about how we can how we can do something similar um, as we do reopen. Yeah, hopefully open in you know 2021. Maybe the the vaccine will um, aid that progression. But um, you know, I think right now we're better off not doing the what ifs. We're better off just saying how can we how can we get creative? How can we change our approach a little bit to be a little more flexible? Yeah, I get you right there. Now, if, if somebody wanted to uh, to volunteer help out with Veterans Northeast Outreach Center, would you be the the person that people get in touch with? Yeah, I typically uh, um, have the emails or phone calls come to me, and then depending on what they're interested in doing or helping out with, or if they have, like, let's say a, uh, a trade, if they're an electrician and they want to donate some of their time, um, you know, then we can uh, sit down and have a conversation with Scott and say, okay, which house, you know, which property do we need an electrician at more than others? And then, you know, if it were to be helping out with the food pantry, then um, I can um, address it from there. But I typically do act as the uh, point of contact. Oh, wow. That's right, too. Uh, you know, electricians, I, I, I didn't think about that. Uh, electricians, uh, mechanics, and things like that. All types of skills that you learn in the service. Exactly. Yep. And you can uh, match people up with uh, with situations that could uh, that could use that help. Exactly. Yep. We're always in need of uh, in need of the work to get done. All right. Well, uh, Chris, is there anything else you'd like to add this morning? Um, no. I, right. I, I know. I know Scott does, though. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's have a chance to uh, to catch up with Scott uh, again. Scott Forbes, the interim director of Veterans Northeast Outreach Center, and Scott, um, uh, what would you like to add this morning? Yeah, I just actually I just want to say thank you for the time. Anytime we can get our message out there, uh, we, we consider that a win. Uh, we're trying to reach those that haven't been able to reach us. So at, at any given time, we have between 160 to 180 veterans in our care, whether through a permanent housing or transitional housing. And that does not include the people that are just coming in for traditional supportive services, like access to, to benefits. We do have a nationally accredited service officer here, Carol Callahan, that does service connection applications and can fight for claims that are in process or claims that may have been rejected. She can advocate for you. Um, you know, and like we said before, our food pantry, even though we're not open, there were so many great things that were being run out of the service center when we were open. We did yoga lessons, art lessons, music lessons. Some of those things that just social engagement is such a huge thing. And especially during COVID, that kind of has gone away, and it's it, we've we've turned into almost like a an, an isolation community. So we're trying everything we can from a virtual platform to maintain those good, positive point of contacts with our veterans. So hopefully, you know, as this pandemic hopefully subsides in 2021, uh, you know, our service center can open and, and thrive again, and and have that community atmosphere that our veterans kind of in you know look forward to on a weekly basis, so they can see their friends and their fellow veterans and be able to you know share. That that cup of coffee and a donut right here in the hall and wait for one of those programs that they look forward to to begin. Well, how about that? And, and today is happens to be National Bagel Day today. 
Yes, and I had my bagel today, this morning at Dunkin' Donuts on the way in, to, to, to celebrate National Bagel Day. How about that? <laughs> now, we have, uh, just uh, just to uh, remind you, you know, WHAV, you know, besides Haverhill, we're also reaching all the other area towns as well, too. So uh, we're here to help you out and anything you need. Let us know, and we can uh, pass the word along. I definitely appreciate it. I look forward to hearing from you soon. And if we have any events, uh, we, we would love to be able to share that on your platform uh, so hopefully, you know, this will be the beginning of a good partnership. All right. And the uh, blood drive over at Cedardale is uh, coming up on Sunday. And I think, was that 9 to nine to 2 or something like that? It's either 9 to 2 or 10 to 2. I apologize for not having the flyer in front of me. Uh, but, again, most of everything is pre-registration. I don't believe you can walk in. Um, you know, we're trying to minimize. We, we we did have a booth the first time around, but you know, just because of COVID, and they're trying to limit the amount of people that are there on site. Uh, but you know, any every pint of blood that that is going to be uh, collected there is going to go somewhere. And uh, Chris just said it's ten to two on Sunday. Ten to two. So, okay. Yes. All right, but uh, you'll know because you'll have an appointment. <laughs> that is correct. Everyone's going to have their window of opportunity to go in. Um, if anything, what COVID has done is it allows us to be a lot more efficient. <laughs> Being able to register online, having your particular slot, your window, you go in, you go out. Uh, that, that's really what we're doing with our food pantry. You know, everybody comes in, comes out. We're closed, but everything's pre-bagged. Um, you know, they're in, they're out in, in literally a minute, and then they're they're driving home with hopefully. Uh, we have more than a few days, hopefully a week's worth of groceries. All right. Well, Scott, we'll uh, we'll be back in touch. Thank you very much for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great day and have a great weekend. All right. You too. Uh, Scott Forbes, the Interim Director of Veterans Northeast Outreach Center, along with Chris Rossi, Human uh, Relations and uh, uh, does all other types of things as well. Our guest this morning here on The Wave, 97.9 WHAV. The news is coming up. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV. Catch the wave. W.